welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. This podcast is companion to my first one, which is A Course in Miracles for Regular People, where we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. In this podcast, we read and discuss the daily workbook lessons that go with the course. I love these lessons and what they do for me and I love to discuss them with others who are on their journey to atonement. There's several ways that you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I'm on Facebook at A Course in Miracles for Regular People. My email is ACIMDWLFRP. That's A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. ACIMDWLFRP at gmail.com or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave a voice message and while you're there if you'd like you can make a donation to support this podcast and I'd really appreciate that now let's get started with today's lesson good morning today is lesson 169 by grace I live By grace, I am released. By grace, I live. By grace, I am released. Grace is an aspect of the love of God, which is most like the state that is the prevailing state in the unity of truth. It, grace, is the world's most lofty aspiration, for it leads beyond the world entirely. It is past learning, yet It is the goal of learning. For grace cannot come until the mind prepares itself for true acceptance. Grace becomes inevitable instantly in those who have prepared a table where it can be gently laid and willingly received. An altar clean and holy for the gift. So the instant that we open our minds to accept the unity of truth, there's no way that grace can't be received. It's just inevitable. Continuing, grace is the acceptance of the love of God within a world of seeming hate and fear. By grace alone, or by the acceptance of the love of God alone, the hate and fear are gone. For grace presents a state so opposite to everything that the world contains that those whose minds are lighted by the gift of grace can, they are able to not believe that the world of fear is real. Grace is not learned. The final step must go beyond all learning. Grace is not the goal that this course aspires to attain. Yet we prepare for grace in that an open mind can hear the call to waken. So as we're going through this course, our minds are being opened and prepared to allow grace to come in. So our mind It says, it is not shut tight against God's voice. It has become aware that there are things that it does not know and thus is ready to accept 
a state completely different from experience with which it is familiarly at home. So when our mind is open, then we can accept a different state than what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. Continuing, we have perhaps appeared to contradict our statement that the revelation of the Father and the Son as one has already been set. But we have also said that the mind determines when that time will be and has determined it. And yet, excuse me, and yet we urge you to bear witness to the word of God, to hasten the experience of truth and speed its advent into every mind that recognizes truth's effects on you. Oneness is simply the idea that God is. And in his being, he encompasses all things. No mind holds anything but him. We say God is, and then we cease to speak. For in that knowledge, words are meaningless. There are no lips to speak them, and no part of mind that is sufficiently distinct to feel that it is now aware of something not itself. So it, the mind, has united with its source, and like its source itself, it merely is. So oneness is the truth that everything that exists is within and of God. God is the quote-unquote substance that all things are made of. We are one with our source, our creator. Continuing, we cannot speak, nor write, nor even think of this at all. Previously, we said that knowing needs no action, no words. So it, knowing, comes to every mind when total recognition that it, that its will is God's will. So knowing comes to every mind when total recognition that its will is God's will has been completely given and received completely. It returns the mind, I guess grace, returns the mind into the endless present where the past and future cannot be conceived. It lies beyond salvation, past all thought of time, forgiveness, and the holy face of Christ. The Son of God has merely disappeared into his Father as his Father has in him. The world has never been at all. Eternity remains a constant state. This is beyond an experience that we try to hasten. Yet forgiveness taught and learned brings with it the experiences which bear witness or show or prove. Forgiveness taught and learned brings with it the experiences which bear witness that time 
that the time which the mind itself had determined to abandon all but this, all but the oneness, is now at hand. We do not hasten it in that what you will offer was concealed from him who teaches what forgiveness means. In other words, we're not rushing this in a way that means that it was concealed from the Christ who teaches it, who teaches what forgiveness means. The time is, so it's not rushed, and it was not concealed from Christ. All learning was already, in his mind, accomplished and complete. He recognized all that time holds and gave it to all minds that each one might determine from a point where time has ended when it is released to revelation and eternity. We have repeated several times before, we have repeated several times before that you only make a journey that is done. For oneness must be here. Whatever time the mind has set for revelation is entirely irrelevant to what must be a constant state, forever as it always was, forever remain as it is now. We merely take the part assigned long since and fully recognized as perfectly fulfilled by him, capital H, who wrote salvation's script in his creator's name and in the name of his creator's son. There is no need to further clarify what no one in the world can understand. When revelation of your oneness comes, it will be known and fully understood. In chapter one of the text and in the second section, it says that revelation reflects the original form of communication from God to us. So when that revelation of our oneness comes, it will be known and fully understood. So now we have work to do. For those in time can speak of things beyond and listen to words which explain what is to come is past already. Yet, what meaning can the words which explain that what is to come is past already? What meaning can those words bring? Yet what meaning can the words convey to those who count the hours still and rise and work and go to sleep by them, by those hours? Suffice it then, that you have work to do to play your part. The ending must remain obscure to you until your part is done. It does not matter, for your part is still what all the rest depends on. As you take the role assigned to you, salvation comes a little nearer each uncertain heart that does not beat as yet in tune with God. Forgiveness is the central theme that runs throughout salvation, holding all its parts in meaningful relationships. 
the course it runs is directed and its outcome is sure. And now we ask for grace, the final gift that salvation can bestow. The experience that grace provides will end in time, for grace foreshadows heaven, yet does not replace the thought of time but for a little while. So the experience of grace replaces the thought of time only for a little while. The interval suffices. So the little while in which the experience of grace replaces time is sufficient for its purpose. It is here that miracles are laid to be returned by you from holy instants you receive through grace in your experience to all who see the light that lingers in your face. What is the face of Christ but his who went a moment into timelessness and brought a clear reflection of the unity that he felt for an instant back to bless the world? How could you finally attain to it forever while a part of you remains outside, unknowing, unawakened, and in need of you as witness to the truth? So that is what the Christ is. That is what the face of Christ is. That is the anointed one. And it refers also to his anointing. So when we experience that holy instant, It does something. It changes us. Just for a little while. But the impact that it has on us can be seen by those around us. It causes a shift in us. And it allows us to live with more peace. So we remain as witnesses to the truth for those who still don't understand the reality of oneness. Continuing, be grateful to return as you were glad to go for an instant. We love those holy instants. They feel so awesome. And sometimes we don't want to return. And I remember reading about that in the text. Or maybe it was an earlier lesson, I don't remember. But I remember reading about it. But this is saying, be grateful to return. As you were, be as grateful to return as you were glad to go for an instant and accept the gifts that grace provided you. You carry them back yourself and revelation stands not far behind. Its coming is ensured. We ask for grace and for experience that comes from grace. We welcome the release that it offers to everyone. We do not ask for the unusable. We do not look beyond what grace can give. For this, we can give in the grace that has been given us. Our learning goal today does not exceed this prayer. It's about to give us a prayer. Yet in the world, what could be more than what we ask this day of him who gives the grace we ask as it was given him? 
And here's the prayer. By grace, I live. By grace, I am released. By grace, I give. By grace, I will release. By grace, we live. By grace, we are released. By grace, we give. By grace, we will release. Today, I wish you a day of grace. Many blessings. Namaste.